and good morning, Hoosier Nation, and welcome to a very emotionally hungover edition of Hoosier Morning After. This is Hoosier Morning After Iowa. Late, late last night, your Indiana Hoosiers go on to lose by two points to the Iowa Hawkeyes, 91-89, to a game that had us feeling, I think, just about every emotion you can feel as an Indiana Hoosier. Um... A lot of excitement at the beginning, a lot of joy, um, a good start, a good start for this team. Something we've been hoping for for a long time. Jalen hood Shafino firing on all cylinders, cutting up an Iowa defense that's not known to be that great, but uh, finding guys, getting into the getting into the paint, dishing it out. Trace Jackson Davis cooking, Race Thompson cooking, uh, and we'll get deeper into that. And then things start to fall apart. Uh, we are still up at least by 10 going into half. And then the second half, uh, just becomes a defensive nightmare for this team. Um, thanks for being here with us as we kind of dive into it and look through things. I'm your host, Chad Schwartzkopf here with me always is Martha, the mop lady, Martha, before we get delving into some of the many, many things we can talk about in this game, just give me your, uh, bird's eye view or thoughts on this game. Yeah, heck, it, one of those one of those nine p.m. games that had all the emotions, like it feels like they always do. Um, and you know, to your point, the, the 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 good the good was getting out to a hot start, which has been kind of our Achilles' heel all season. So you feel a little bit confident at that point, but then it's always in the back of your head of, okay, we're playing on the road. How are we going to handle the adversity that's thrown in our face? And there was a ton of adversity, and that's that's been the the, the really kind of the the, the, the struggle with this team is when that adversity does hit, it seems like they tend to fold. And we saw that again last night, I think, with everything, all the all the uncontrollables, the, the, the officiating, the injuries, um, you know, the opposing team's coach, all that stuff aside. I think this was still a very winnable game. Iowa was down a double digit score as well. Uh, it was one of the one of the McCaffrey boys that's, that's taking his leave and. So it's not like they're at full strength either. So, I, you know, that's a struggle for me is, is this was a very, very winnable game. And, you know, I, I don't think you can understate the fact that you lose your blue guy and, you know, not, not only in, not only losing him, but the impact it had on the entire team. When you see your, you know, your captain, your, your, your guy that's been around forever go down like that in pain. So I don't think you can discredit that, but still there was a chance to kind of break through that that adversity and and we just couldn't get it done. So I think that's the that's the most frustrating part. And you know, as we move forward, it seems it just this just this feel that there's more questions and answers at this point. So uh yeah, kind of a lot a lot to talk through. Yeah, yeah. And and let's maybe rip off that band-aid first. Uh the toughest thing out of this game is uh Race Thompson hitting the ground. Um and yet another play uh that's off the ball in a loose ball situation. I was uh, player rolls over race Thompson. He falls to the ground immediately grabbing his knee and you hate to see the play continuing on. And are you trying to still get a basket and everything while race is over there, obviously in pain and um, probably one of the hardest shots for Hoosier nation to see as the cameras show race sitting there um, and obviously emotional crying and, and he could feel and know that something was up uh, a player that in his what feels like tenure at Indiana has struggled with injuries and has had to work through that, uh, not only physically, but, but the mental 
struggle that he's had with that. We've we've learned as we've done interviews and heard things from him uh, going back to his concussion times of how much that uh, hurt him emotionally and um, how much of a struggle that was to get back. And it's just painful to see him uh, go down in that way. And uh, we have yet to see and hear, obviously, exactly what's going on. Um, Coach Woodson saying in the post game that they'll go home, the usual kind of statements. It's a lower leg thing, and they'll go back, they'll do x rays, they'll do M- MRIs, and, and, and find out what it is. But it obviously doesn't look too good. Um, and we have been critical on this show, and we've been critical um, overall about race this year because uh, he started off the season not exactly uh, being the race that we expected him to be or thought we would see from him. And I think what makes this sting that much more is that in this game, we started to see that race that we knew and wanted. Um, Finishing this game with nine points, he was four for four from the field, made his free throws, and just his defensive Ability was missed at the end because uh, we lacked, and we'll get deeper into this, uh, some attention for Murray. But to bring it back to him, just heartbreaking to see. Um, hopefully, we get some good reports coming back. Um, he did come back onto the floor he, while he was in crutches and just had things in ice. At least it wasn't under major traction. But again, not to claim that I'm a medical professional at all or anything like that. But um, we just knock on wood and hope for the best. Uh, talk a little bit about race in this situation. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of hit all the all the points there. I think the, the the frustrating part is 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 you know one, you just hope that he's okay, right? I mean, hopefully that, that this isn't the the last time that, that we see race in an IU jersey, and and you know you, you look at what he's contributed to this program over his career and and how. You can just tell. You heard Trace after the game just talk about how that hit him and, and, and emotionally, right, and what effect that had on him. You know, you know, the rest of the guys felt the same. He's 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 a leader on this team, um, you know. And as for as much as he struggled this season, you know, I still think we're at our best when he's on the court. I think you saw, you know, and, and there's arguments to be made that when we go small, that that that, that we might might have the opportunity to be a little bit better, but. You know, when he's on the court for us, he's that leader, he's that glue guy, and, and we're at our best. You saw immediately when he left how we struggled. You mentioned it to, to to play defense and all the things that he contributes, the little things, right? And um, so so that's 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 really I, I just I feel for the guys, I feel for him. Um, you know, and and, and hope to your point that, that when they get back and the fact that, you know, he did seem to be on the bench without any massive support on it in terms of, of braces or things like that. So hopefully they get back and we get some good news and, and, and maybe we see him in a handful of weeks, but yeah, just some concern. Cause where do we go from, from here? Right. It's good. Some folks are going to have to step up. So, you know, hopefully we get some good news on that end. And, and like not to what you kind of opened up there, not to kind of, uh, maybe to slightly take some positive in an injury or situation like this, we have been arguing about uh, is IU two running too much with two bigs and clogging things up and how they attack. And it does kind of force, like you said, Indiana's hand to do that kind of situation. Um, one more thing. And under this topic that I just want to approach that I've already seen on Twitter a few thing a few times, and I've, I've commented to it. You see people arguing, bringing the old strength coach argument back to this. 
It's like, this is what we get for the strength coach. A lot of people in these situations like to try to attack Cliff and, and, and the strength and conditioning and, and fault that for what, what's going on. And, um, I'm not going to claim that there is no fault towards, uh, some injuries for going too hard in the gym and, and everything like that. But the main issues that Indiana is facing with injuries right now has nothing to do with strength and conditioning coaches and what they're doing with these guys. It has to do with players that are going hard during loose ball situations and just unfortunately get fouled or roll on uh, opposing players. That was the case for Xavier Johnson's injury. And that was, again, the case for uh, Race Thompson's injury here. He was just going hard during a loose ball situation and the opposing player rolled over him. Um, has nothing to do with anything else other than just sure Indiana horrendous bad luck, um, which is a bummer that we have to talk about and something that uh, rears its head on occasion. Obviously, we are post-traumatic with that, with what race has dealt with, OG and other situations. You know what? I'm not even going to get too deep into that because that's just going to depress us even more as we as we go on. But um, I get away from that strength and conditioning uh, argument on that because that's just, as Coach said in the postgame, uh, uh, BS. Uh, for those situations, but uh, switching to happier topics and everything, um, Jalen Hutchifino, um, obviously extended minutes, um, someone that needs to step up for this IU team with Xavier Johnson out, and he had an amazing game. Started off the team very well um, when Iowa was playing man against us, was cutting things up, getting to the basket, um, shooting the three at a clip we hadn't seen yet from him. Uh, his stat line, if we go over it uh, broadly, 21 points, 6 for 13 from the field, 5 for 8 from 3, 4 for 6 from free throw, ended with 9 assists and just two turnovers. Talk about Jalen in this game. Yeah, that's the that's the performance that we're going to need from from Jalen if, if, if we're going to you know have success in X's absence, right? I mean, you look. You know, I'm, I'm looking at a box score, and you look at the top two guys, Trace and Jalen, and and you stop there, and you, you feel pretty good about how this game went, right? 30 points, 21 points, and you know, nine assists to go along with it, with only two turnovers, and that's again, that's the you know, five of eight from three, four six from the free throw line. That's the stat line you need from him, and you know, it's it's you know, not to I know we're focusing on him, but it's it's it, it's the role players behind those guys that, that really need to take advantage of these opportunities. And, and, you know, while we saw some things, you know, I think, I think Jordan had some moments offensively, but, you know, Jalen gave us what we needed Jalen to give us. He was that five-star NBA prospect point guard that we needed. So I, I think you're encouraged to see that because he struggled coming back from his injury a little bit. And, you know, there's, there, there's a ton of curiosity for me behind that long layoff through the holidays. How are we going to look? And, you know, to go back to our start out of the gate, you, you're really, really confident. Like, holy cow, here we go. But man, it didn't take long for that to wear off. And, and, you know, so yeah, just, you know, 37 minutes played almost the entirety of the game and, and, you know, gave us what we needed. And for a freshman, that's massive for us. So hopefully, you know, again, we're going to need that type of performance for us to be successful until we get a little bit of help. Yep, and handling those minutes well, obviously. Uh, coming off a layover that he had uh, last month with uh, back issues himself, um, a kind of common topic going on with this IU team, and maybe that's a, a 
points to me for transition. Speaking of back problems, um, Trace Jackson Davis, a um, little bit scary and 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 added to the emotions of this game. Uh, came out and played a very good game to start, and then at halftime had us scared, um, gr- grabbing his back. Um, there was video that someone tweeted out of him uh, walking off the court and really struggling to just walk off the court at halftime, but came back in. Obviously, was a step slower. You could tell he wasn't fully uh, 100% and getting up and down the floor as quickly as he can in that second half, but still kind of took over and did what he needed to do in the zone when IU struggled with that. Um, One thing that was so great to see was just his general toughness and how he kept with it, toughing through that injury, toughing through the pain and everything and, and, and continuing to get going. And Maybe too, uh, it's nothing that many of you watching live here now know, but some of you that may be listening on the podcast um, scene that aren't involved in Twitter or don't look deep enough, um, that was in question. And the big news going into this game on on Twitter and stuff was Trace Jackson Davis um, sharing a handwritten note uh, by a fan uh, criticizing his toughness and and everything like that. And I'm I'm, I'm not going to say the name, just like you... You don't want to uh, laud names of of criminals or something like that on the news. I'm not going to uh, give attention to that. But that was a situation going in and a storyline going in. And um, he answered to that and 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 had a great game. Um, what did you see out of Trace? Yeah, I, th- I think that obviously, you know, when you talk about the way this week has went, um, you know, and even to back up, I think that there's kind of been this cloud of, and, and this isn't really centered around Trace, but just after the after the two performances against Arizona and Kansas, there's just been kind of this cloud of, I'll call it negativity, right? I think that, or frustration, I guess you can call it. I think that I think that a lot of the fan base saw those games going a lot differently than they did, and it 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 it, it has had a lot of people questioning how the rest of the season is going to go. And you know, yeah, we had a, a game or two after that where where we where we handled a couple opponents, but still, I don't, I, I don't know that it was enough to, to remove all doubt or any doubt for that matter. So you, know, you, you go into this week with that kind of cloud that I just mentioned, and then you see those, those letters and it's like, man, I mean, again, not to shed light on that, but, but the ignorance involved in doing something like that. And, you know, then to, to, to see it on Twitter for everybody to see it just, you know, um, and you don't want it to necessarily be an indictment on the fan base because I think every fan base has idiots, but it just it, it it's more negativity that I don't think we needed. So this is a chance for us to remove some of that, right? And and you know Trace came out and and played like the Trace we know, but you know you were hopeful after a week and a half off or whatever, however long it was that maybe that back would heal up, and because he certainly has looked very very stiff, he's he's looked different. I think everybody can agree with that. Just his his mannerisms, the way he's you know, up running up and down the court, very, very stiff. And, and so you were, you were hoping that maybe this week and a half would allow him to rest and get that healed. And then when you saw him walking in at halftime on top of race, just going down, you know, it is, it, 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 it it's, it's very, very concerning moving forward. Cause how, how much, you know, how, how, how long can he play through that? Right. I mean, to, to put up the stat line that he did, while dealing with that for anybody to question his toughness is, is pure ignorance at this point. Um, Cause clearly he's playing through something, right? So um, you've got to appreciate that. You've got to tip your, your cap to him. Um, 
you know, and, and, you know, he, he played like the all American that he is. And, and again, you look at he and Jalen hood, they gave us the performances that we needed to win the game. And um, you've got to appreciate that. And, and, just hope that, you know, we can work some things out to where some of the guys that are going to have more opportunities step up. So uh, really, really proud and appreciative of the effort that, that Trace gave us last night. Yeah. And uh, now with what now the big question mark for this team is obviously uh, who steps in now in races absence. And uh, we saw a lot with the second half. It was Jordan Geronimo. Uh, Malik always always gets a little bit of a few minutes and stuff in that situation. Um, Malik is the next one I kind of want to talk about. And obviously at the beginning of the year, we were very excited about him and uh, against some of the easier teams. We, we saw a guy with some great potential and great footwork, great movement and everything. And now he's starting to struggle. Um, he's getting against the, the, these better teams and getting sped up and he's just committing a lot of fouls on defense and, turnovers on offense and uh it's that freshman year is really hitting him hard right now and and he has those struggles and I think it's something where he just needs to slow down um he's trying to go too fast and he's going to be called upon a lot now moving forward uh if if as we know how Woodson likes to play his lineups um with two bigger guys in there his minutes are going to continue um, what do you think, what do you think of Malik, how things are going, uh, this shift we've had and, and how does he get out of it? Yeah. I mean, you, 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 you talked about it, right. The, the, the beginning of the season he had, and, and, you know, I think back to, you know, you know, he looked like at times our second, third best player on the court at any given time. And, and now he can't stay on the court. You know, he played six minutes and had three fouls and that's been, the storyline for him is is just the ticky tack, ridiculous. And I, I and I'm not saying ridiculous in the sense that they're bad calls. Some of them they have been, but you know they're just unnecessary fouls at, at, at many times. And you know for a guy that we're going to need to lean on, lean on, he's got to find a way to to fix that. And you know just from a, a body language standpoint, it's just a complete opposite from. You can tell he's struggling, right? You, just a far cry from what we saw early in the year. And you mentioned, obviously, the competition has, has stiffened up immensely. But still, he was he was a man amongst boys early on and, and just had this feeling that with his body size and ability, that would translate well to Big Ten play. Like, there would be no backing down. I'm not necessarily saying he's backing down, but he's struggling to – certainly struggling to stay on the court. And it's figuring out why, how's come. And, and you know, because he's a guy that has the skill set to be able to contribute especially from what we saw early in the year. So, you know, just got to find a way to build some confidence back up for him. You know, I think it's a game where he's going to need to be on the court for double-digit minutes. He played six minutes with, you know, six minutes with three fouls, no points, and, you know, you know, a couple turnovers. And that's <laughs> it's not going to cut it. I mean, it's – it's uh, so, again, just a freshman, so you get some of it, you understand some of it. It's a big, massive adjustment. But you got to find a way to get some confidence back into Malik because it doesn't look like he's enjoying any part of this process right now. And I think that's just the struggle kind of showing through a little bit. But, you know, he's a guy that can help us win. And we've got to figure out a way to put him in that position. Yeah. And I think uh, that's the good news of it because I, I agree with you 100% that it, it, it's a confidence, it's a mental thing. And those are things that are easier to accomplish or get over than it being a physical thing or a skill thing. 
or things like that. And I think that's not the case at all. Um, another person that kind of struggled in this game, and I, 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 I fight to blame him personally for it, just because I don't think the coaching staff uh, put him in the in the best situation to excel in what he can do and what he can give for this team is Jordan Geronimo. Um, he he gets lost on defense a little bit. Um, obviously, the hardest thing you're calling on him to do the hardest thing. Uh, Iowa's best best player is Murray. And he's a, a struggle of a guy to figure out who you match him up against. And that's why, again, race coming out was, was, was so tough because while race can struggle on ball defense, um, he has other skills or ability or just general knowledge that, that make up for that situation. And Jordan's your kind of guy that goes in there and just does the little things, does the explosive things on offense goes up and grabs rebounds and different situations like that. But when you're calling on him to do something bigger like that, like guarding one of the best players that can easily beat you off the bounce and uh, it just moves around the court and and got into situations where Jordan just lost him overall. And, and I think the coaching staff at one point tried to relieve that a little bit by putting Miller on him at one point. Um, I think uh, Trey Galloway was on him at one point. But... Iowa saw that matchup and and took advantage of that matchup for when Miller was on him at points would just switch off screen off and and get the matchup again uh, on on Jordan Geronimo so it's it's tough again because he's another player on this squad I feel that we have set the bar very high going into this season and and put expectations on him quite a bit and uh I think we're just calling on him to do more than I think there is for him. What What are your thoughts on Jordan? Oh yeah, I uh, that 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 Excel is perfect. Yeah, um, because I, I was just processing through through my head what you just said. It's like you know we we have set the bar high from for him, and is that fair? And there's part of me that's like, well, yeah, because he's shown glimpses of being able to be that guy. But the other side of it is not consistently, right? And and yeah. how how do you get him to that point, right? And and that's that's part of player development. It's part of taking that next step. It's part of being a year older. So there's part of me that's like, yeah, I mean, he w- there should be that expectation. But the other part of me is like, well, maybe he maybe it, maybe he's just not that guy. And is he not that guy yet, or is this just is this just the Jordan Geronimo skill set? So it's figuring out all that, right? And you know, I think that for all for all of our complaints of playing with two bigs in terms of trace and race on the floor at the same time and not going smaller, we we really get exposed by our lack of of our, our roster limitations, so to speak, in terms of not having. You know, we don't have that Chris Murray on our team. We don't have that stretch four that can. And, and you saw the way the program recruited over the summer, trying to bring in guys like that, right? That's that's what this roster is missing, and it really, it really gets exposed because you're really relying on somebody to step up like Jordan Geronimo. And when that doesn't happen, all of a sudden it's like, where do we go from here? And um, so for Jordan, it's you know, you look at his stat line, and he, he contributed, right? But you, you know, you also look at you know, kind of his defenses misses, as you know, went over three from the stripe. So he's just a guy that gonna have to figure it out really really quick and and because we're gonna we're gonna need to lean on them a little bit as we move forward 
go, go this, the same with the other, the other, I'll call them role guys at this point, but they're, they're not going to be role guys anymore. That's just the thing. So um, he's got the skill set, the athleticism. It's just, it's just kind of putting it all together. And, you know, at this point, I'm tired of saying that I hope he figures it out. And you can say that about a couple different guys, but it's all you can say is that you just hope it comes together for him. So yeah, that's, that's where the sigh came from. It's yeah. A lot. Yeah. And, and it's, he he's the player that is out there and 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 he's trying he's trying to give 110% and and it's evident by uh the play where uh, he should have uh gotten called for tending uh when he was up there and touched the rim on that on that uh, uh TJD shot that was that was bouncing around and you saw TGD TJD's face uh, after that was just like, no, come on. Cause, cause I mean, that's, that's how we all feel about it. Like, that's amazing that you can do that, Jordan. And I love that you're up there with that timing, ready to just flush it back down. But then there's just a little lack of thought that just doesn't click over in don't touch it <laughs> or don't put my hands there. And I think that's what happens in a lot of situations. If you kind of watch Jordan's game, that little lapse of judgment or that, that little lapse of reaction or something like that. It, and it's uh, to use a phrase we love as Hoosier nation, that little mental hump that he needs to get over um, that I think keeps him from making that step that we expect him to make. Uh, now, maybe that transitions a little bit into maybe talking a little bit about uh, something that again, I always want to preface because I'm never using it as an excuse when we talk about this. Uh, but the odd officiating in this in this game um, that you called you don't call that on Jordan, which is probably a makeup call for the most ridiculous uh, delay of game tee on him for passing the ball back to the ref, which, again, in basketball, you're you're taught not to touch the ball. If if, if the ball is rebounded and stuff, your guy made the ball, the, the basket and everything as a player, you're not supposed to touch the ball. If it happens onto you and stuff like that, what are you supposed to do with it? If you put it down, nope, you're not supposed to put it down. Are you supposed to pass it to the other team? No, you're not supposed to pass it to the other team. They're trying to alleviate the situation where uh, you're going to taunt or you're going to throw it really hard at the other team. You're supposed to pass it to the referee. That's what Jordan did. Did he kind of float it over top of a, of a Iowa player to, to pass it to the ref? Yes. But again, he's not supposed to pass it to the uh, Iowa player. So that one was frustrating with me. And then it just overall the Fran, the Fran, it, it's so annoying. I don't know if he has beaten down and he has acted a fool at, for so long, like he has that these big 10 officials give him such a pass for so many of the things that he creates in no area, especially in a season where they mentioned in the preseason that they were going to enforce the coach's box a lot more because of situations that we had last year with Jawan Howard and, and Wisconsin game. When that situation happened, they made a point to say that they were going to, um, going to ref or enforce the coach's box a lot more in no world. Do you, should a coach cross half court and approach assistants or players or anyone on the opposing team and not get a technical? 
offsetting technicals, whatever. If the situation was where a player or a team or a coach taunted the coach over whatever, but he was called. If you look at the replays what called for a T and somehow that got taken back. That should have got him out of the game. Everything like that. I don't know. Uh, you have any rants about this or, or the situation for last night? Yeah, I think it's, 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 it's incredibly frustrating and, and I'm not going to use it as an excuse for a reason we've lost, but the officiating has to get better. I mean, and you can make all the arguments in the world about the Big Ten not winning, you know, a national championship since 2002 or whatever year it was, 20 plus years, and and the way the conference is officiated. But it's just it's just so very inconsistent. And you know, you, you look at the the delay game technical, which was ridiculous, and then you look at you know Fran McCaffrey and and being allowed to, and it's not so much that he went over to the coach's box that there was a clear technical called and taken back for something that was clearly a violation. That's the frustrating part. And when you look at it, it, it essentially is the difference in the game. It's it's um it, it's incredibly frustrating. And, and and you you know you can point to multiple different times where you've had Fran McCaffrey and one of his sons that plays for him being held back by the rest of the team. It's it's beyond ridiculous at this point. And to your point, it, it, it's he's done it so much that it just becomes expected. And at this point. It's allowed, and it's, it's ridiculous. No other coach can act like that. No other coach can do that. I would expect any coach, any, if, if Mike Woodson walked over to Fran McCaffrey's coach's box, I would expect Mike Woodson to get called for a technical. It's, it, it is, it's, it's infuriating, especially in that situation. And, and the fact that I would be less upset if the, if the official did not clearly indicate there was a technical call, but for him to do that, on a clear violation and then not follow through with it. I think it's it, it, part of, part of it's a little gutless and it's just, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's ridiculous in that moment for him to be, and it's it, what it means to me is he's just going to be allowed to continue to do it. And um, you can see his team acts the same way there. There's just a level of arrogance to him. And, and, and none of it's, I feel really earned what I, I don't understand it. And um, you know, now you've got my blood boiling this morning because I, I just, <laughs> I, I really can't stand the the way I just can't stand how he coaches and um, you know it's this fake tough guy stuff hold me back guy and and it's just I yeah not a fan so I think it needs to get fixed and and at some point the Big Ten needs to address it yeah and I and I applaud Coach Woody for uh, choosing choice language or colorful language and I guess granted that's colorful language isn't out of his regular vernacular uh, per se but. Uh, coaches aren't supposed to really talk about officiating or the other coaches or those types of situations in post games. You're supposed to kind of uh, not bring that or, or talk that out or question the, the 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 officials in the post game. Usually, you'll see fines or or the Big Ten kind of uh, have to step in and talk about that. But I applaud the co- coach in in mentioning that and being colorful with it and being blunt with it, forcing the Big Ten to kind of need to comment on this and the Big Ten needs to comment in this situation. And uh, figure out how to approach this because again, it is constantly a conversation. And <clears throat> I'm I'm not saying it's one sided to excuse me to Indiana and that Indiana isn't at fault for a lot of plays and missed calls and doesn't benefit from situations. But it is something that needs to be approached in this conference. Um, just the fishing overall because it is common commonly a a topic and commonly a situation that is approached and is something that again. 
<clears throat> it almost feels like a trope to say at this point, um, but is something that affects Big Ten teams uh, once we get to tournament time because uh, they're having to readjust to different foul calling and how the rest of the country things get called. Um, shifting things around, uh, finding maybe brighter skies or situations to talk about before we may get in, get into uh, slightly lower things. But um, Tamar Bates got into the starting lineup. Obviously, his stat line wasn't the greatest uh, that 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 it could have been, and I think uh, he needs to get a little bit more active. But uh, good to see him in there, get a get a good run and everything. What did you think of Tamar's game? I, I like the fact that the change was made to put him in the starting lineup. I, I would have loved to have seen a little bit more out of him um, in terms of, of production on the offensive end and just involvement. I mean, did did get nine shots up, but um, yeah, another guy that that, that we're going to talk about needing to take that consistent step of of contributing while guys are out. You know, we've seen it. You know, we saw it just before the new year, just before Christmas. I can't remember when we, that, that game we had. I think it was Kennesaw State that kind of carried us to victory a little bit. Um, and, and, and you just want to see that carry over. You want to, you'd love to see solid Tamar Bates games back to back because the skill set again is there for a guy. And you know, yeah, eight points. That's you know, I, I think Tamar Bates can be a double digit point scorer consistently. I think he can average double figures and got to find a way to get him to contribute a little more offensively. But I think even to a to, to a larger point. Uh, not to get too negative about it, but it just, it kind of goes back to, and you heard Connor McCaffrey mention it. We threw a zone at him and it was almost like they'd never seen one. He made some arrogant comment like that after the game, just to, you know, pour more fuel on my love for the McCaffreys. But um, th th there's a point to be made there, I think, because you see when we get frustrated offensively, there's this visual that we're just standing around and, and, we're not getting good looks and it's trying to find a way to create those good looks. And we've got to find ways to do that for guys like Tamar and Miller and, and just don't feel like we did enough of that. So um, I think, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty average game for Tamar, but I think we need more than average games from Tamar. And I think, I don't think that that can be all put on Tomorrow. I think we've got to put him in positions to be successful and, you know, hopefully we can figure that out because our adjustments, I just feel have been lacking a little bit. It's, it's, um, we're slow to react. And I think that that kind of speaks to, when you look at his stat line on not, not getting a little more out of him. Yeah. And I, it's a good transition to maybe talk about <clears throat> Indiana attacking this zone and trying to deal with it. And again, you, you look at the stats overall and, and just the general uh, game line and you see Indiana made 89 points and uh, the big contrib con contributors that you had and the high scoring points from your, your starting point guard and your, your all American and everything. And, that again should be enough to to win a game. But um, when you saw how Indiana attacked the zone and what we were doing, especially in the uh, extended stretch towards the end of the game, um, we struggled against it and all that movement and everything. And, and not to say that <clears throat> Iowa is the defensive uh, strategic team. It, it's not a good zone. <laughs> it's it's a zone Indiana should be able to carve up and deal with uh, very easily. Again. Some of that is that when we have had known this year, we've relied on race Thompson quite a bit to be the one flashing to the free throw line and getting us out of it and, and, and doing a little bit of two man game with trace. But, um, again, you, you, you saw enough out there, um, in situations where Indiana should have won this game 
despite that zone and that standing around. I mean, leading to the last three minutes with with no points scored, no baskets, excuse me, not to say points, but baskets scored, a lot of missed missed shots. Um, what do you think it is with us going against this zone in this situation and, and how stagnant suddenly that makes us? I wish I had the answer, my friend. <laughs> I um, I don't know, um, you, you know, because the, the, the thought, I mean, you said it, right? You, when you think about Iowa, you don't think about a defensive juggernaut by any means. I mean, giving up points is what Iowa does. Um, and um, so, so to see us and, you know, we put up 89 points. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a good amount of points, but you leave with this thought that we could have put up a lot more. And, um, you know, when that zone did hit us and, and you, know, you see Connor McCaffrey's statement, you just want to reply, well, yeah, we're missing two of our starters. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, but still you, you got, that, that's your perfect opportunity to create looks for people on the perimeter. You've got guys that can knock those down. You've got Azmar Bates, you've got a Miller cop who, you know, Miller cop's a guy that put up one three point shot. Right. And I think a zone is a perfect opportunity to get him more looks. And I think that's on, on the coaching staff for, for, for not adjusting to that. And that's, you know, I'm, I made a comment, I think after the game that, you know, Mike Woodson needs to take a hard look at kind of what this process has been like, because it just seems like this hump is, is it's been one we've been trying to get over for a while. And yeah, we've had, you can't underscore the end of injuries. I get all of that, but I go back to the fact that this was a very, very winnable game. And anytime we're dealt with a little bit of adversity, that hump feels like a mountain. And for whatever reason, we can't break through it. And I just think that there was an opportunity here because um, you saw it just it threw a zone at it and looked like we were just standing around. And that's, yeah. I, I feel like it would have looked that way if race was on the court. I think he would have helped the zone to your point, but we just get something different throw at, thrown at us. And it's like, you know, we're like a deer in headlights. So we've got to find a way to adjust accordingly, get looks for these guys on the perimeter. Ball movement's obviously critical when there's a zone, and it just seems like there's not nearly enough. So, again, I think the coaching staff has to figure this out. They've got to put these guys in positions to be successful. And, and you know, at that point, I'd feel a lot better if we were getting good looks and guys were getting shots up. And if we were just missing them, I'd feel a lot better than leaving the game with Miller Cop getting one three-point attempt. So, yeah, more contributions. That's that's a great way to put it. Is that I I I agree wholeheartedly now that the hump is in front of the coaches. It's it's the coaches' hump to get over. Um, as you said, they've got to figure out how to put these players in the positions to win these games, um, because I feel like the effort is out there for them. Um, just look at the uh, what's the big and the biggest storyline going into this season was I use three point shooting. Where are we going to find three-point shooting? We need more three-point shooting to open up the paint and all that stuff. We shot 53% from three last night on 15 shots. That needs to be, as the argument, and you'll see many other podcasters and people talking about, that needs to be well over 20. That needs to be darn near 25 attempts a game. And that's not, I'm not saying that needs to be everyone shooting that. We've got plenty of guys that, that are shooting really well. Just looking at it, um, this is excluding Xavier Johnson. This is just the players we currently have available are all on the season shooting right now, 44% from three. Now I get that stat uh, excluding Jordan Geronimo, Geronimo, Malik and race uh, the players again, that you don't want to see taking too many of those uh, opportunities. But 
I was saying in this game, as we were going along, Miller Cop was just kind of out there. Um, he was moving around. He was open on times. So we didn't see him. This coaching staff has got to get more looks from three for this team um, because we're making them. We're doing it. We're, we're shooting them at a decent percentage. That that hump has been achieved. Now the hump that's in the way of that is the coaching staff getting this team more shots. Uh, your thoughts on this? <clears throat> yeah, it uh, it's um, you know, I'm going to be interesting to see how we respond against Northwestern on Sunday. Northwestern's just beat Illinois at home. I think they only have three or four losses on the season, so it's a much improved Northwestern team. Going to be a, a good chance for us to adjust to what likely is going to be our 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 I'll call it new lineup moving forward. But it's we're going to look a lot different in terms of of, of what we have on the floor. And at, at this point, we've had a chance to practice with it a little bit, prep with it a little bit. And you know, a lot of people have been asking to go small for a while. And um, you know, I think it's going to it's going to allow us to see kind of the coaching staff in action, so to speak. It's um. You know, it's it, it's a short period of time to get ready, but let's see let's see how we can prepare, how we can get these guys ready, how we can put them in successful in, in areas to be successful. So, um, the part of me is looking forward to it to see how we respond because these guys are talented, right? I mean, I go back to that Iowa game, and I think that part of the argument is, yeah, we were down two guys, but I was not. It's not a good Iowa team. They're missing a starter. They had lost at home. At full strength, to, I don't. I guess they weren't at full strength, but I think they lost to Northern Illinois at home and coming off three straight losses, hadn't won a conference game. So it's not like we're playing a typical Iowa team. That was a very, very beatable Iowa team. So I, I don't really give a whole lot of consideration to to uh, you know us not being able to win that game because of the injuries. Yeah, that's adversity and it sucks, but you got to find a way to win those games, and good teams do. So. You know, we've we've got to figure it out, and I think that, you know, to everybody that's that's asked for these these small lineups, we're we're going to get that opportunity. But again, it's going to be more pressure on the coaching staff to put these guys in positions to be successful, and they're going to have to find a way to adjust during the game. And and sure, that's easy for me to say. You're sitting on my couch at home, but yeah, it's just it's 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 what these coaches are paid to do. So hopefully, you know, hopefully we see it on Sunday, and we we see. You know, now that we know that this is a lineup moving forward, the ability to prepare for it, and hopefully we see that in our execution on Sunday. Yeah, and and it's going to be – got to hold on. Hold on to your seats, Hoosier Nation, because the Big Ten is really funky this year. There's a lot of guys in the middle. Uh, teams that we thought that would be at the top this year have been struggling. Um, ourselves, Illinois, uh, Purdue has gotten a little kink in their chain, developed now teams are figuring out how to how to stop and everything so it's going to be all over the place it's going to be a roller coaster of a big 10 season um it's going to be one where we are going to win some big ones and we're going to lose some head scratchers um so uh, take your medication uh call your doctor ask for a stronger prescription because we're going to need it uh it, it's going to be coming at us uh, uh quite a bit this year so Yes, uh, I like your comments there where it's now on the coaching staff. The coaching staff has a big task ahead. Um, we are without two starters. We are without two big leaders right now. When they come back, uh, we don't know. 
Um, so it's a situation where, as coaches say very often, next man up, a lot of guys are going to have to grow up quick and, and realize that. And again, we'll see what the schematic and the game plan is going forward with this team. And um, while it gives me possible anxiety and, and, and makes me sick to my stomach, uh, I'm going to be there for everyone. And I'm going to be excited for everyone and I'm going to be emotional for everyone. And I will come back here in the morning after and hopefully be settled and we can talk it out. And thank you again, as always, everyone for being here with us. Like I said, Indiana plays again next Sunday, uh, January 8th against Northwestern. Uh, That's the next game up. But for this episode, thank you for being with us, guys. Thank you for working through these emotions and situations that we've had to deal with in this team and that we're going to have to deal with moving forward. Um, I appreciate you all. I appreciate uh, Martha for you to be here with me as we speak these things out and talk these games out. Uh, We'll be again, like I said, with you morning after the next game, Monday morning, so we'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Like and subscribe to this video. Don't forget to follow Martha and I on Twitter. We'll see you next time, the morning after. Until then, go out there, guys. Have a wonderful day. As always, let's go Hoosiers. (laughs) 